Welcome, brother. Welcome to another episode of... I'm just going to try and go through the whole intro doing it, but no. Uh, welcome to Mania Moments with Robbie and Phoenix. I'm Robbie, and with me is my tag team partner, Phoenix Zarola, right here. Uh, that's right, Robbie. This is our podcast today. I can't do Grill Monsoon. That was uh, my that was my try. Uh, I was your mean fiend, Okerlund. Yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> I try to do that old-timey uh, announcer voice, but it's too hard. It's hard to do it the whole time. How's your Jesse Ventura? Because we get a lot of him in this. <laughs> yeah, we do have a lot of... Uh, I love me some Jesse Ventura, don't yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> that one is, it's tougher because it's more like slick and sly. It's it's like Hulk Hogan, but like if he was just trying to like seduce you at a club, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like I, You just feel like you're getting like picked up. When he's talking, just picked up to vote for the Green Party is my understanding. Jesse Ventura. Absolutely. <laughs> Jesse Ventura, independent. Uh, was he a mayor? What was he? He was, was he Congress? What all did he do? I'm, I know, I'm pretty sure he was mayor. Was he, was he not? Uh, I'm looking it up, but, uh, uh hey guys, welcome to the he, show. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Uh, this is our Green Party podcast where yes, we talk about of course. Uh, <laughs> where we talk about the environment and stuff. He was the governor of Minnesota, and he was oh Reform- I did not know he was Reform Party. Wow, as governor, but he that's was a- cool. That's like that means there's at least two. Or sorry, he was was he. Okay, in 2000, so his first term as mayor, he was part of the Reform Party. Then he was the Independence Party of Minnesota until he left office. And then he's been an independent ever since. Uh, But that makes him one of two guys in the WWE Hall of Fame who are, uh, who have been governor. Uh, yeah, that is true. (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger is in, I believe he's in, right? He's in the WWE, WWE yeah. Hall of Fame? Yeah. So, good for them. Uh, subcategory all to themselves. <laughs> this is just, I mean, this all just means we have to uh, get ready for that uh, eventual governor race for Kane. Oh, it's going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Governor Kane? That'll be... I mean, why not, right? Like, I, it, I mean, it, it, does it seem that out of the realm of possibility? It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, we already have a WWE Hall of Famer who has been president, who is currently yeah. president when this comes out. Yeah. We were recording Tapheads uh, this weekend, and we realized that this episode, that, that episode of Tapheads is going to come out two days after the polls close. I say that because oh. I'm, I'm not sure if the. Uh, Election will be decided by then, but we'll yeah, say, good point. <laughs> I so I won't say it's two days after the election. I feel like we'll be in the middle of the horrible, horrible 
you know, yeah, end of American will, democracy. The, yeah, the big question mark of our country. Regardless of who actually has the lead on Tuesday night. Um, you know, I can say that because maybe all podcasts will end, so, you know. Yeah. This and, will just um, be an artifact of the before times. Yeah, and I mean, I guess this is just a nice segue... I mean, we said it last time, but, you know, just vote if you can. Yeah, is, yeah, seriously. This is this will come out when polls are still open, so... Yeah, go vote. If you're listening, please go vote. It would be great of you, if right, you live in the U.S. Yeah. Right now, we're living in hell, and last night was hell in a cell. Yes. I did it. I did the thing. <laughs> that was excellent, excellent transition. Did you want to... Uh, talk about it for 10 minutes before or talk about it at the end sure we might as well talk about it for 10 minutes now uh because the wrestlemania okay. we're doing this will... time not a lot of long matches so we were like this happens to happen the night after hell in a cell and uh we happened to have both watched it so we might as well. yeah um i will say up front that I have not, I still, the only match I have not seen is the Drew McIntyre championship match. Oh, so you really haven't seen I, You haven't seen it yet? Yeah, I got up to that point and I didn't get to finish the show. Um, so I don't know how that one worked out, but... Um, do you want me to I spoil will, it or do you want... <laughs> you can, yeah, you can talk about it. Sure, okay. I, don't, I don't mind spoilers yeah. for wrestling because I feel like yeah. it's more fun to watch the show anyways. Yeah, I won't get too much into like how, into like the details of the actual like spots and stuff. But we'll talk about every other match, kind of. I didn't rank anything. I didn't do, like, an official, like, Mania Moments type thing with it, but... Uh, yeah, I I didn't take notes either. I just felt like... Um, I think we both agree that the sasha Bailey match was, like, the standout of the show. I think it might be match of the year. Uh, just, like, I, jumping ahead. Yeah. It has yeah, I mean, potential. You, you've seen more matches than me, so I feel like you, if you making that call, it makes more sense, but... Of what I've seen, I also agree. Um, it's also it hard re- to really good. It's also hard to compare it with stuff that happened before the pandemic. Uh, just in the sense yeah. that, like pre-pandemic, we had uh, some really good matches and other promotions. Uh, AEW had the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page at their Revolution pay per view. But like Bailey and Sasha's up there, and it's got a really good story behind it. So. I don't know. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if when everyone's year-end lists are coming out that you see this one up here. Um, anyway, yeah, so the mat, we only had five, six, five matches on the card going in. We ended up with six matches by the end of the night. Um, but we got a... Uh, starting off the night with a Universal Championship match, I Quit match in Hell in a Cell between... Uh, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. I thought this one was also really good. I thought actually all three Hell in a Cell matches were a lot of fun, did their storytelling really well. Um, this one played out a lot like their class of, Clash of Champions bout and that uh, Jey held his own, but like eventually once family got involved and thing, you know, Roman did the heelish thing and he ended up getting the win. Uh, I liked it a lot though. It was brutal. And the storytelling was good. What'd you think of it? Yeah, I um, I thought it was very good. I think it's bizarre that it started the show. I, I think they, I guess, wanted to space out like the Hell in a Cells throughout the show. But this one felt like 
like a giant match to kind of like kick things off, which I thought was pretty interesting, but yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought like, um, I thought it was like really brutal and like, it got pretty intense. Um, and I liked the, uh, the sort of change with, um, uh, getting Jimmy Uso in there and then kind of like forcing that for like the, I quit. Yeah. Um, so at clash of champions, I- Jimmy threw in the towel for Jay. This one, he actually got involved, and Jay had to, like, say I quit to keep his brother from, like... I think Roman was going to kill him, you know, <laughs> kayfabe-wise. Yeah. Like, was... yeah, it was getting, like, extreme. And, you know, Jimmy's not cleared to actually fight right now, so, like, there's really there was really no chance he was going to defend himself, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I Roman cried, my... that was good? <laughs> yeah. I that's the part I was going to say where like I am still a little unsure about that with um because I know a lot of people loved it but I don't know like it feels weird to have like the heel cry you know but I get the like the whole kind of like family kind of ties that that's kind of like the justification for it um but yeah, it just, I think we'll have to it see feels where it weird it feels weird. It feels like kind of like a softer heel move to have him cry as opposed to like, if he went like full dark, he would just be like, so into like how uh, brutal he was being. So I don't know. I still like the match overall, yeah. but it was good. I think, yeah, I think the, the tears really fit with the, cause the whole feud right now between them is about like, you know, without Roman, even if the Usos were still wrestling, like Roman put, puts food on the table for their whole family is like the, you know, He's the top guy. There's a reason he's the top guy and not the Usos. You know, like, that's the whole feud right now. Yeah. So it's, like, it's more family-oriented. I think if we get where we're going, which is Roman versus Rock at WrestleMania, and we, you know, I think we'll be stepping back from this in a few years from now being like, oh, everything makes sense. And if you didn't think it was the right move then... It's you know it's a puzzle. I I can see it being a puzzle piece that fits in later, even if it's not the most coherent uh, look right now. Is yeah, it? for sure. And but that's also um, like with current WWE and current AEW, I give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes, hoping that something that doesn't make sense is just gonna fall into place later. But, yeah, um, that makes sense, and um, I think. Uh, that's a good point to make that if once we see the story throughout, then we can kind of like sort of break down like the story beats of it. Um, it was just a unsuspecting, um, yeah, you weren't expecting um, choice. Yeah. An unsuspecting choice to do, but it could work, you know? Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, then we had two singles matches, uh, right. Two singles matches, one between, um, the Miz yeah, and Jeff Otis. And... Oh, Jeff Hardy and Elias had their match, which ended in a DQ where Jeff Hardy yeah. took the guitar from Elias. This is still pretty early on in their feud, so I wasn't expecting too much out of it. Um, even though I like both these guys. But Oh yeah. Uh Elias' um, album came out today, uh, if you haven't checked it out. <laughs> I have not. It actually it um, actually came out. I sent it to our friend Brianna, I I sent her the album. Was like, here you go. Oh, nice! Shout out to Brianna. <laughs> yes. Uh, then that one that one ended up. It was okay. Uh, the next one was the Miz versus Otis for the Money in the Bank uh, contract. Uh, not t- 
The only thing surprising here was how the Miz won, if if that makes sense, was Tucker turning on Otis was the only thing that really surprised me here. Right, yeah. Um I I I agree with that. I thought the the uh like having him win was like made a lot of sense, but the turn was was pretty shocking. Yeah. Uh like that being said, going into the night I was like, it could go either way. I picked Otis personally because it seemed like the Miz had the upper hand on SmackDown before on at the go home show, so I just went with my gut there with whoever's standing tall at uh the go home show is gonna be on their back at the pay per view. Which is usually yeah. the it's usually the the safe bet, you know, but yeah, I think the reason why I uh like cuz I I thought the Miz was going to win this and I think I more so was just kind of uh I don't know, like I I get the sense of like they want to kind of still build Otis a little bit more. Um Yeah. So I think kind of giving him this loss here and then I, I don't know, they might do like this uh, like rematch for him to get his contract back or they might like spend more time this year like uh uh giving him like some more spots or something. It just kind of felt like uh it kind of felt like an upset was or I don't know about an upset but like that the Miz was going to going to take the contract away. Yeah. I think it's interesting to me because I think they backed themselves into a corner and that they wanted to give the contract to Otis, but they kept Otis on SmackDown, and I guess that's probably because Fox wants to keep him on SmackDown, but there's no way Otis is cashing in on Roman Reigns. Like, there's just... <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's, that's a good point, too. But The Miz could cash in on the WWE champion, and that would be not the worst thing, you know? So Yeah. It would, it would, you know, make sense. Um, yeah, because Miz is now, after the draft, technically he's on Raw. So he could cash in on... I, I suspect that Randy and Drew are going to start trading this title back and forth. So maybe Miz takes yeah, so it. At some point between, like, whoever holds it. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess Miz takes it at TLC this year, triple threat at the Rumble. Put it on oh. Randy so Edge can come back and they can have their final match at Mania. That's my... Interesting. It'd be interesting to do... Um, what is it? It would be interesting to have a contract triple threat match or whatever. Oh, yeah. I didn't even that, that, that happens, but it's pretty rare. Yeah. Uh, then next we got the match of the night, in my opinion, which was Bailey versus Sasha Banks. And we have a new SmackDown women's champion. Uh, and new, I, I, that, this match rocked. This match was so good. Nonstop. You could tell that, I mean, these two women are obviously in sync. They put on great matches together, whether they're on the same side or going up against each other. Uh, you could tell they essentially walked through the hell in the cell and were like, what can we do in here? And just used yeah. it like a playground. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was so creative. The spots they did with like the, um, putting the, the 
kendo stick on like the cell and the steps and like kind of making it like a um w- uh, like a barricade thing to like throw yeah. people into and like bringing out the ladders and everything um the i even love the, the the kickoff when like uh when bailey comes out of their chair and then sasha gets it to like slide under the cell and out of the oh yeah the drop um, kick just sending it out yeah like that was so cool <laughs> like it, it like just started off great and then it like never stopped I yeah I really I loved that the meteora using the table as like a ramp was great, and then yes, uh, everything else. Someone pointed out on Twitter that uh, so Bailey came out and she had spray painted one and O on her uh, chair because this was her first Hell in a Cell match and she was going to come out one and O. Yeah, I saw that. And, and then, then when Sasha used it to choke her out at the end. It's upside down, so it says "0 and 1" as she's tapping. Which that's is, that's good. It was very good. It was, it was. Oh, and like that was such a good like finish too. Like the the crossing of the chair and then using the the other leg to like 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 oh. kick it in every time was so cool. And then Sasha, um, like it, it was Sasha not grabbing the belt immediately and just staring down Bailey, like you know, just. Two people who know exactly what they're doing. Uh, I hope we see. I don't know where they go from here with it, which is my which is my one issue is that Sasha got this win and she needs a long title run, so I don't want to see them trade it back and forth. But like, I want this program to continue too. <laughs> so that's right. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just happy Sasha won because like at this point. She seems like the, like the Hell in a Cell veteran in like the women's division. She she's is had, yeah. She's had like the most matches and like the most like like A plus like really good matches between like she's the one that, she had with Be- uh, with uh, Becky and then the one she had with Charlotte. Oh, the, um, that match with Becky is so good from last year. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Um, so it's just cool seeing Sasha get it and like I mean, yeah, she deserves Sasha. It. Yeah, she deserves it for sure. Uh, and then we got a quick little promo and then fight between Bobby Lashley and Slapjack from Retribution. And I, uh, went and got pizza. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I could care less about this story now. It's, <laughs> and yeah, the thing that sucks is I, I love the hurt business. I think the stable is really good. I think Cedric Alexander, MVP, Shelton Benjamin, and Bobby Lashley is a freaking great combo it sucks that they're being put with doesn't suck they're being put with retribution it sucks they're being put with retribution when wwe has decided that they're just gonna book that team week to week you know yeah there doesn't seem to be a long-term plan here (laughs) which is yeah it was like yeah it was nice but it didn't really i don't know it wasn't much of anything and i don't know if that's like a discredit to the story or if that's more like, I mean, you're coming off of like the Bailey Sasha Sasha match, which was great. And so this one of course needed to be a little bit like softer. Like, I don't, I don't know. It was fine. It was, there was nothing too wrong with it, but there's just nothing kind of exciting about it either. And then lastly, we got a WWE championship match, Hell in a Cell between uh, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. Uh, I'll let you watch the match to get the general spots and know it. And uh, if you haven't watched this, go watch. Actually, go watch this whole pay per view. 
I mean, even the matches that we didn't like were pretty solid matches. Not you know nothing like some of the worst that we get in the mania we're about to talk about. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know this is a good this is a good pay per view. But yeah, so that match uh, we have a new WWE champion, and that is Randy Orton walking away victorious. Oh, Randy won. Okay. Randy won. Yeah. Yeah. So Which, I guess yeah, like they are going to probably be trading off because I don't see Randy Orton holding it for long, but. I mean, they can't trade it too much, though, because I doubt they want him to break Cena's record yet. Yeah. Because he, he, he has, I mean, he's at his 14th title reign. So if he trades it, you know, back two more times, he's tied with Ric Flair and John Cena. Like. Dang, that is true. Oh, my gosh. He's tied with Triple he's H so... right now. For a number of. Uh, he actually, 14? yeah, 14 is Triple H and Randy Orton. Are, uh, actually, if you go look at, I think Randy Orton posted it on his Instagram today. But uh, it's like the full, all of Evolution, yeah. Uh, Evolution has 50 world titles and counting. Like, as a stable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's 14, ridiculous. Six for Batista, fourteen for Randy Orton, sixteen for Flair, and fourteen for Triple H. Dang. So, and if like it's only six for Batista because Batista went on to like go to Hollywood. If he stayed, yeah. it would be even higher. Oh yeah, and that's just world titles. Imagine every intercontinental, you know. Yeah, tag team, um, U.S. Yeah. title. I mean, and that's not. It, it's the whole, you know, Ric Flair, you won't, they're only counting the titles that they count for Ric Flair when really he's held, you know, he's probably held it like the world title 30 times if you count the NWA title and all, you know. Yeah. Like he's, because he, I mean, he was the man for throughout the 80s, throughout all of the 80s and all of the 90s. <laughs> so. But yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it's sick. a crazy number when you count. WWE recognized world title runs. <laughs> yeah. Um Randy Orton. That's cool. Or I was Rick Flair, not a part of WrestleMania 2. Uh which is our WrestleMania we're talking about this week. <laughs> it it is. Should we get into it? Sure, let's get into it. Uh WrestleMania right. 2 was on April 7th, 1986, the only WrestleMania to be broadcast on a Monday. Which and we're just, recording <laughs> on a Monday. We're recording on a Monday. <laughs> Just to let it, you know, just to remind you how many things are just a little bit off about this WrestleMania. Uh, uh, yeah, there's like, <laughs> there's so many like, why did you do this kind of things that just kind of coalesce to just a, you know, of all the WrestleManias, this is one of them for sure. <laughs> yes, uh, it took place in three different locations. The only one to do that. Uh, so in New York, they were in the Nassau Coliseum. Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon, and L.A. at the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena, which was home to WrestleMania 7, which we already covered. So Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, a few things to get out of the way, like, just with this WrestleMania. Uh, as you might suspect, with three different locations all trying to broadcast one after another, there's a lot of technical issues. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of sound going from one, like, playing from one city, overlaying the other, or, like, sound that didn't come in in time, and 
a lot of like weird the uh, transitional like transitions between different cities. So, um, but let let me remind you, this three hour and one minute version of the show uh, is the edited for home video release. <laughs> so this isn't even <laughs> the full uh, you know masterpiece of technical difficulties that was WrestleMania two. This yeah. is this is uh somebody cut it to the best possible version that they could get. So and it's still like wonky. It yeah. still n- doesn't work. Uh it starts with a crazy SNL type sax intro which is Yes, I do. I, that was my first note. It was sexy sax. Oh, you oh. called it sexy sax? I was sitting there ready for like it's WrestleMania with Hulk Hogan, Macho Vince Man, Randy Savage, King Kong Bundy, the Fabulous Moolah, <laughs> Velvet McIntyre, just uh, uh, the refrigerator. <laughs> yes, uh, several lot, football players. <laughs> A lot of 80s celebrities in this. Yes. Um, I think my favorite one was the Where's the Beef lady, <laughs> who was the timekeeper of one of the matches. Herb was also there. Herb? You know, we're gonna Herb talk. I made an appearance. Do you know about Herb? Uh, I don't really know. It's very funny to me that Herb and Where's the Beef are there, because Herb was Burger King's answer to the Where's the Beef lady. Like, Herb was this guy. Oh, he's, wow. He's supposed to be the only man who's never tried the Whopper, was his thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> as the only man who has never tried the Whopper, like, if you saw, I guess they would put people dressed up as Herb in, like, Burger Kings or something, and if you found him, you'd get, like, a free Whopper or something, you know. Yeah. It was weird, and it didn't make sense, but he was there, and so was the Where's the Beef Lady, which is <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Just a bunch of fast food yeah. minor celebrities. Uh, so we get uh, Ray Charles singing America the Beautiful, which got my smiley face of the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. No, I, I, I'm I, kidding. I have a favorite match. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> uh, I wonder if we have the same one because... There's a good chance. I, yeah. I Considering say, both of our taste. Yeah, considering our taste and also the uh, not too many to pick from yes uh then we get a weird quick cut to gene okerland who welcomes you to the rosemont horizon but not anything going to jesse the body ventura for some reason which was just a weird choice to be like ah and we're gonna throw it to chicago but not los angeles (laughs) yeah it just uh i i assume they just weren't ready at the time because of time delays and stuff i think they had they had to be ready because the way it worked, if you were there in person, was you watched the matches that weren't in your city on the big screens, like kind of like the way that they do it during like the NBA Finals, where like if your team's away, you can buy tickets and watch it in your home stadium or whatever. Like, yeah. So like it's like um, that, but like so people had to be there, I assume, like in LA watching. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know, know why. Like, then were they maybe the crew wasn't set up, or I don't know. Maybe it was 
Maybe it was they were, and it just was cut out of this home video. Oh, there's a good like, chance. Yeah. Or Who Vince knows? was just mad at Ventura that night. They famously didn't yeah. really get along. So. Yeah. Uh, then we get a Roddy Piper promo for his uh, boxing match against Mr. T, where Piper talks like an Andy Kaufman character and not like himself. Yeah, the super. He's super very high pitched. And I'm, yeah. I'm gonna stop dating women. You're like, what? <laughs> I'm gonna quit wrestling. I was like, what? That's not your voice, Roddy was, Body Viper. I was like, what kind of coke did they put Roddy on? <laughs> that was it. Was odd. <laughs> it made me go yeah. watch like some Piper's Pit segments and like some Howard Stern interviews with him just to like see if I was misremembering <laughs> what his voice sounded like. <laughs> Yeah, I it threw me off too, and I, uh, I, but I just knew, like, I was just like, there's that's not his voice. Like, I just, I was like, what is he doing? This is just, yeah, he's just doing something, and I, it probably was the drugs. I just thought he was being purposely weird, but yeah, it could just be just going off in a weird way. <laughs> Mr. T gave him, like, the good Coke for the first time. Yeah. Uh, so our first, uh, Match in New York. So New York, we got our first four matches. Uh, you got the Mar- Magnificent Morocco with Mr. Fuji versus Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Uh, so any thoughts? No entrances. Every- everyone's already in the ring here. Um, this I match s- was bad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was very technical, but, like, there wasn't much going on. Uh no. It also, like, weirdly at the beginning stayed on the corner camera for a very long time. Yeah. And uh, it was very short. There was yes. this kind of weird botch or just sloppy, like, clothesline out of the ring that, like, felt like forever. It felt like 10 seconds. And then it ended on a double countout. Yeah. Oh, and the which... ringside wasn't well lit, which was weird. Like they went into no. like the fog of war. Yeah, they you could like not really see much. Um, yeah. I also have here for some reason uh, Vince is a bad commentator, uh, which is true. But I don't remember what yes. specifically made me write that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, was it him not knowing a move because he oh, does that a lot? Maybe. Uh, and then at the end. The crowd started chanting bullshit, which was very funny and true. And then Vince yeah. was clearly shaken on commentary that, like, people didn't like it. Yeah, he's like, the crowd is not enjoying it. He's, the, oh. the crowd, they're, they're not liking it. Uh, yeah. And, of course, at the time, I, he wasn't in kayfabe the owner. So, so he can't be yeah. like, you know, he can't do his Mr. McMahon thing and be like, oh, fuck the fans or what, you know. He's just, yeah, he can't. He's just clearly like. He's just of read course it as they're is. right. The the fans don't care. They don't like. It. Oh no. Yeah, this is a very uh very quick uh thumbs down of the night for me because. Oh wow. Uh, because I mean, there's you know there's a lot of you know not so great matches, but the fact with this one is that it was so short, you couldn't really see a lot of it. There was like one obvious, like ridiculous botch that was like really hard to miss, and then it ended on a double count out 
in a WrestleMania match. Like, yeah, it was dumb. that is absurdly dumb, and it's so bad that literally the crowd had to chant bullshit to yeah, start the, off the show. Yeah, this and this isn't late two thousands like smart mark, you know, crowds. You know, no, chanting this John Cena sucks. See some a fun match. These people still think it's real, and they're like, "This was bad." Yeah. Uh, uh, bad, let's move bad, on from bad it. match, bad kickstart. I gave it a one and a half, <laughs> but for all the same reasons. Uh, then we get Mr. For, T yeah. cutting a promo on Piper. Uh, then in the middle of <laughs> T's promo, there's an announcement that it was a double countout from the last match. Yeah, it was being talked over by the because they still hadn't said it was a double countout yet from the ref. There's a lot of issues so, with that in this match, which is I guess they're still acting like they even have judges that need to like relay the information, you know. Yeah, that's also probably part of the like bad production that was already going on that they didn't even have it timed well. Yeah. Uh Next thing we get is uh, George the Animal Steel versus Macho Man Randy Savage for the Intercontinental title. Uh, hey, at least it's being defended here. <laughs> yeah, I was that was happy to see. Uh, Steel gets the jobber entrance, and uh, uh, I mean, then they cut to a video promo from the Macho Man, and uh, it's classic. It's uh, it's a good good Randy Savage promo doing doing the Randy Savage stuff. <laughs> Uh, Hell yeah. It's very funny to me that once everyone gets out to the ring and the match starts, uh, Savage doesn't take off his glasses at first, his sunglasses. <laughs> oh, which really made that. me That's think funny. it was going to go quickly. I was like, oh, Randy Randy knows he's about to stomp this guy or something. You know, I was like... Yeah, he's not even, gonna, he's not even trying. Uh, actually, you know, I was looking at reviews of this same WrestleMania and a lot of people got on about Susan St. James. I thought this was a match where she actually did a really good job laying out the story. Um, which made me yeah. care about a match that was pretty much a comedy match, if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't even really a lot of wrestling. It was a lot of like hits, a lot of like chops and, and chasing um, people around the ring. <laughs> yeah. Getting chased around one point, Macho man, goes under the ring and comes out the other side of the I ring. I loved it just <laughs> to surprise hit. Yeah, no, it was great. That was that was a very funny moment. <laughs> I, I thought the story was being told pretty well. Uh I have a question. Is hitting someone with flowers not a disqualification even I mean it's not gonna hurt somebody, but it's it is a foreign same, object. <laughs> I have the same note. I was like flowers not a DQ because it's like you could I mean it's a weapon in the sense that it yeah, it's will, a like, foreign hit object. Them in the eyes. Yeah, it's a foreign object. It'll hit them in the eyes. It could like scratch them. I don't know. Um, All the, and the, then the they stuffing had, like, from, the from the Yeah, the turnbuckle. Like Weird that choice. <laughs> was a lot of stuffing, and also got into people's eyes. And another um, no no DQ, which was weird. Yeah. Um, but I will say that I did kind of. I thought the it was a big moment when um the animal kicked out of the of the elbow drop. I was I was going to say thought, animal kicked out of the elbow drop and that was awesome. Uh, yeah, and I it was cool cuz I I I had never seen this WrestleMania before, but it was cool seeing the uh the crowd like react so heavily. Like I I was I was shocked being like, "Oh, they actually 
were surprised that he actually was able to do that. Yeah, and Savage is pretty new, and so is the IC title. So, like, people took to it really quickly is what it seems like. Yeah. Which means that, I mean, Savage did a good job of getting the elbow drop over really quickly, you know? Yeah. It takes a lot to get your finisher to be believable so that when somebody does kick out of it, it's a big deal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and then he gets the, the heel win with the legs on the, on the ropes. Yeah. I mean, all around good storytelling. Uh, I give this one a 2.25 just cause there wasn't a ton of wrestling, but the story was really good, but I feel like I can't give it much more than that because there wasn't a ton of wrestling. Yeah. I was just kind of like this match was like a little bit whack, but I'll take it because it was the, like, like you said, like it was nice story and it had its like moments of like that were pretty fun and also pretty surprising. Like the elbow or the elbow drop kick out. So yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, we cut to Chicago where there's an interview with Bill Freilich from the, uh, Atlanta Falcons and big John stud, uh, in the middle of their interview, I can't tell you what happened because in the middle of it, <laughs> the decision from the last match was announced. Again, what is going on? Uh, yeah. Um, next match we get is uh, George Wells versus Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, you know me, I'm a, I'm a Jake the Snake fan. So uh, Yeah, and Jake the Snake was really new for this yes, WrestleMania. really, really new. He like this was this is this was his first pay per view or something or like it was, was his, he even like on a main event before this or oh I don't I mean he had a undefeated streak that was I mean at least somewhat of a big deal so so we're still in that <clears throat> yeah, era that's but true. it's also so he had been on enough that like his undefeated streak meant something but also not that he was like super well known yet or super over. Yeah, I mean, like, even the announcers or stuff are like, oh, they say he has a snake in there. And, it, and you know, so it's, like, even bizarre and new to audiences that there's a wrestler who has a snake with him. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's you can see eventually you get to, oh, and we all know what he has in that bag. It's that damn snake Damien, you know, you're like. Yeah. <laughs> when it eventually becomes uh, old hat with him, it's like, but. And there's a snake. There's. <laughs> Yeah, we all know what's in there. <laughs> no surprises here. Um, so yeah, this match, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, Wells goes after Jake pretty quickly. Uh, he actually looks pretty good in this match. Has a good pace to it. Uh, there was actually one spot I thought that uh, Wells hit a like a beautiful power slam on Jake that he was able to kick out of. But yeah, was, I know what you're talking about. That was cool. That was, was a good move. <laughs> I watched that and was like, oh, that was gorgeous. Like, <laughs> And we don't get a lot of power slams anymore. So, like, it, you know, to see a really well-executed one is uh, it's impressive. Yeah. Um, I think it was just, like, uh, crazy short to me. Yeah, um, that was my issue. Which, yeah, which is kind of a problem or, like kind of a thing that is like happens with a lot of like these older WrestleManias that we're noticing and and, like just kind of the older style of like, Oh, you know, it's not a big deal if a match is like five minutes or if like a match ends on a count out or whatever, like it was just like par for the course. But 
this was something where I was like, this could have, I mean, like, you know, granted there's like a million matches in this card, but like this could have been like a, like a 10 minute, like, or maybe even a little bit longer kind of match where there's a lot of it, like more trade-offs and stuff to kind of show all these wrestler skills. And this match, I don't know. Was it like three to five minutes or something? Yeah, like that? It, was, it was pretty short. Yeah. The only reason I can think is that maybe they just weren't super sure about Jake yet. And like, maybe it was like, Oh, we'll, we'll see. We'll give him this spot because he deserves it. But can he do 10 minutes? You know, who knows? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but, you know, check off Snake. We got him out. We yep. got Damien. Damien comes out, gets wrapped around Wells. He's undefeated. We cut to a Roddy Piper and Mr. T recap. No, which... wait. But we, Wells, like, foams at the mouth. Oh, that was, like, yes. wild. That was weird and yeah. unnecessary. It was very unnecessary. It was, like, gross. It was like, oh, my God, he's making himself, like, foam. It's, it was It was really wild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then we get the Roddy Piper and Mr. T recap. We get a Hulk Hogan interview. Cut to LA. Hulk Hogan interviews with Jesse Ventura. And Hogan looks bloated as hell in this interview. Like, <laughs> what was going on? Yeah. Um, I have no idea. It was very, very, uh, like, Hulkamania esque, though. Like, I liked this interview, it was super, like, classic Hulk Hogan style. Yeah. But yeah, he looked I don't know, you're right. He did look pretty bloated and and like pretty weird looking. Yeah. Um then let's see, what do we get? Uh then we, we come back John to Rivers. New, Yeah, we cut back to New York and we introduce the uh celebrity the New York celebrities for the uh boxing match for the main event in New York. Joan Rivers is the guest ring announcer which I didn't know was going to happen was very, uh, and also was like Joan Rivers, not like Joan Rivers yet. <laughs> Cause is it Howard Finkel? Who's like, Oh, a very funny young lady is coming out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would feel like at the time, to- at this time I would think she's really famous, but uh, yeah, he did react like it was like a nobody. I'm wondering if like that was just a, like, Safe face for the people who didn't know her, and or if she really was just like not that popular yet. But I was like, oh, nice, it's Joan Rivers. Hell yeah! yeah. Maybe she had just blown up or something, and her publicist like hadn't written like a new, you know, send this out yeah. to whoever comes. You know, yeah. I mean, she's no where's the beef, but you know. <laughs> of course, nowhere's. The... Uh, she introduces the uh, judges, which are Daryl Dawkins. Uh, Cobb Calloway, G. Gordon, Liddy. Why is G. Gordon, Liddy here? <laughs> Why is someone know. who was indicted in Watergate one of the guest <laughs> judges? It was, it was literally. I don't know. It's, there's something that kind of makes me feel like, like someone maybe just put the equivalent of like you know in college when you have like a bulletin board and people just rip off like little, like the numbers from like paper. It has like that kind of vibe with like all these celebrities here. It's just like, there's so many people who are just like, why did we get you? Like, why would, why did the world wrestling federation want you and like, have you as like a big, like important part of the show? Yeah. Or it's like, it's like when, uh, schools have, you know, 
uh, committees that like choose guest speakers and stuff. And it's like, well, do you want, you know, three smaller events throughout the semester? Or do you want one big event in the middle? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, it, we can bring common, but <laughs> you're getting G yeah. Gordon Liddy in the spring. <laughs> it was, why is he here? And then Herb's the timekeeper. We don't need to explain who Herb is. Yeah, we've got Herb. Uh, and then we get a boxing match uh, between Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. T. Uh, do you, I had to watch, I have not watched much boxing ever beyond like just like seeing it. So I went and like quickly watched a video about how boxing works <laughs> just to like try and understand anything they that happened and then I started and was like oh this is the most worked boxing match I've ever seen in my life this is oh yeah I mean I I've never like would say I've gotten into boxing but I know that my my parents sometimes will like like to watch boxing like on HBO mm-hmm. and stuff so I've I've seen like a good amount of boxing matches not to like you know not like an expert or anything but just enough to know like how a boxing match works and how like what's supposed to happen and yeah this was maybe the most obviously fake boxing match you could ever watch <laughs> uh that being said uh cowboy bob orton is in uh roddy piper's corner you got joe frazier in mr t's corner the Hell much more yeah. exciting boxer who could have yeah uh who could have been a part of this but okay uh then yeah. i said yeah jesus is a bad worked boxing match uh said okay they're kind of doing their thing roddy fights a little dirty and i was like oh t is clearly pulling his punches <laughs> uh yeah i couldn't even re- honestly i couldn't even really take notes because it was like i usually try to take notes on like really fun spots but it was more just like oh this is like <laughs> this is just very fake and it's like oh well like piper got this part of the like momentum and uh, Mr. T got this part of the momentum. Yeah. But it was all just, it was just boxing, but yeah. just very fake, fake kind of boxing. Yeah. So round one ends in a brawl late into round two. We get the first knockdown where Piper knocks down Mr. T. Uh, Piper, Piper takes a cheap shot during the rest period between two at round two and three. Then cowboy Bob throws water at Mr. T. Uh, there's a second knockdown where Mr. T gets Piper. Piper gets knocked down again, which I don't watch a lot of boxing, but, like, are there usually this many knockdowns within? No, no. You would get a knockdown in, like, round, like, 9 or 10. And, like, that's... Even then, sometimes, like, plenty of boxing matches never have knockdowns. So like, I was going to say... A knockdown in early... round 2 is, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you might get a knockout early on if you've got, like, just a totally mismatched pair. But, like, knockdowns yeah. don't seem to happen that early. Uh, yeah, it, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, Piper throws a stool at Mr. T and his team. They they start fighting. Piper knocks over the ref. He slams Mr. T, gets a DQ. Uh, <laughs> I was like, this is the only time in wrestling, though, that a ref gets knocked down and catches the illegal move, of course. <laughs> like, this is... Yeah. Like what? It was also, it was also like, I don't know, it's so funny just to be like, 
oh, this is a clearly like very fake boxing match, but okay, like you know, it's something else. It's like they're trying to change it up by not having wrestling, and then it just ends in a body slam. DQ is like, oh, okay, <laughs> like never mind. Like the yeah. boxing was not not part of it. Um, it would have been. I thought it was. I thought it was very funny for a finish, but it was like. For a WrestleMania finish, it's really like, what are you, what what are we doing? Yeah, at one point, Susan St. James on commentary is like, oh, Roddy's getting upset. He's probably just going to slam him. And you're like, why would you say that before it happened? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. led you to... Just does. What leads you on commentary to believe that he's not just going to punch him in the throat? Yeah. Like, literally just giving it away. Yeah, um, she telegraphs the end yeah. of... Which is... I gave this a two. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not great. It, I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's uh, not the most entertaining, per se. Yeah. Um, we get, Yeah, which means I didn't have any, like, matches that made a three or above in the entire New York section. No, yeah, we're done with New York. If you're listening, we're we're gone now. We're in Chicago. We're gonna um, hard, yeah. We're gonna hard cut to Chicago after this quick break. <laughs> and we're back, <laughs> which is <laughs> okay. <laughs> like we said, hard cut to Chicago. There's still gonna be audio from New York. <laughs> uh, Gorilla Monsoon introduces the commentary team for Chicago, which is a. Uh, Mean Gene Okerlund and Kathy Lee Crosby, for some reason. <laughs> uh, of course, why not? <laughs> it makes more sense than uh, Good and Little. <laughs> yeah, uh, we get our first match <laughs> of the night uh, of the Chicago portion of the night, which is Velvet McIntyre versus the Fabulous Moolah for the Women's Championship. Uh, I, you know. I don't want to get into why the fabulous Moolah just sucks as a person, <laughs> but she does. You can look it up for yourself. Dark side of the ring does a very good job of explaining how she exploited the women that, uh, she trained and maybe pimped them out and withheld money from them. And practically own, she owned the women's title. So, like, it had to keep going back to her until it was officially retired and they had to bring a new title in. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. which is very dumb and doesn't make any sense. And she still has her supporters and stuff, which is fine, uh, but not a fan. You can go look up the actual nitty gritty details on your own. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be honest here. Any, any match that, uh, the Fabulous Moolah is in. Kind of loses a, a little bit of a, like, may, not a full point, but like maybe like a quarter point, just because. <laughs> yeah. It's gross to watch her thinking about the fact that, thinking about how she treated people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, Same reason that, like, the Battle well, of the Billionaires well, is going to get a zero out of five, <laughs> even yeah. though Stone Cold stuns everyone at the end, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because it's gross. Um, it's gross and it didn't need to happen. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. Um, this match was like I literally uh, wrote down. So like this is a little behind the scenes, but I write down 
like the match on a, on my notes and then I write notes underneath. Yeah. Just writing down who was fighting, I finished and the match was over. Yes. It was so short. I didn't even get to finish writing, oh, it's the Fabulous Moolah versus Velvet McIntyre for the Women's Wrestling Championship. I like was writing that and then the match ended. It was so ridiculously short. Yeah. Um and it ended with uh with uh the um Velvet McIntyre's foot on the ropes but being pinned and like the ref wasn't like out or anything but it was like the ref was clearly up and awake and like fine and calling the thing and it wasn't like he was in a weird angle but he was counting the the pin and Velvet McIntyre clearly has her foot on the ropes and then it just ends and it's like what what happened to uh, what happened to the whole thing with like a foot on the ropes means that you have to redo the pin or like, I don't yeah, know. It's a rope break. Yeah. Should, yeah. You're right. It should be a rope break. Uh, I feel like she was probably just protesting the fact that uh, she was getting totally buried by like a 55 year old woman, you know? Yeah, that could be it. it. I don't, I was wanting to talk about it because I did. I wasn't sure if they were trying to sell the idea that the ref didn't see it. Or if it was literally like this shouldn't have just happened, but maybe the the other wrestler protested or some kind of like botch or some kind of mistake or whatever. But it was weird. They definitely don't say anything about it. So they do not. They very much ignore it. Um, and I said, yeah, I said it's it's like a one. It's like a thirty second match. So you'd think that they would have it like locked down, uh, like every single thing to a T, but. This happened, so it wouldn't surprise me. Nope. I wrote, a squash match for the Fabulous Moolah at Mania is a choice. And then I wrote, yeah. bullshit, but it's still longer than Sheamus and Daniel Bryan. Point five. Yeah. Also, the only okay, reason... The finish sucks here, too. The finish sucks, because it's not even like anyone gets a finishing move off. Mula's on the ground. She rolls out of the way of a splash, and then she runs over and gets the pin. Like, yeah, it's like, that didn't fly before this. That didn't fly after this. Why? Yeah, the only reason I just I can justify this, like, the only reason why I should say I didn't give this the thumbs down of the night and like think it was the worst was just because it was at least a pin. I feel like it's absurd to ever call like a double count out in a match in a WrestleMania, especially like one that was like maybe like five minutes long and didn't result. It wasn't like, Oh, they were knocked out like outside and like couldn't get up. It was like, no, they just farted around, like walking around yeah. the ring and then got a count out. So like, yeah, and sometimes there's like count outs for heel heat that like makes sense. But like, yeah, this was literally just, they had all the reason to just get back in the ring and just did it. And then like the match was over. So then I'm like, you just wasted my time. This, I also feel the same way, but at the very least, there's a pinfall. So I'm like, it was tough. It was like both of these matches super sucked. And like the fact they were both the starting matches for the different cities, I'm like, this is yeah. terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was bullshit. <laughs> it, it's my least bullshit. favorite of the night. Bullshit. 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 Yeah. It's my least favorite, and that's because, only because. At least the first match in New York, uh, the Magnificent Morocco, like it, at least I, you know, other than the one botch, I at least enjoyed some of the wrestling. This just, I didn't even have time to enjoy any of the wrestling in this. 
Yeah. It almost it almost should be worse than Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus. Only because at least, you know, Sheamus gets off his finisher here, you know, in that one. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's true. Like anyway, uh not much happens and then we get uh Corporal Kirshner versus Nikolai Volkov in a flag match. Uh hell yeah. This is the kind of yeah. 80s WWE shit I love. Like this is that classic Cold War 80s American Pride match yes. that that we all know and love. Uh um I really thought what was funny was um Nikolai Volkov uh singing the Soviet anthem like <laughs> while he's so just good. standing there and I was like that's excellent. That's just so funny. He's a fantastic and, like, heel. Super <laughs> booing like heavy, heavily and he's just like he uh, like the like the ring announcer is like Nikolai Volkov asks that you all stand up for the Soviet anthem, and then he's just singing it from the mic. Oh, it's it was so funny. good, so good. Uh, yeah, I said this got the crowd chanting USA, and the match hasn't even started yet. Uh, so then finally, Corporal Kirshner, who I've never seen in my life, comes out, but great. Good for him, Big Pop. <laughs> yeah, I also am unfamiliar with this wrestler. <laughs> I like the the match starts and then like there's almost immediately biting. <laughs> like, yeah. and Kathy Lee Crosby is horrified that that would ever happen in a sport. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, there's a huge pop when Kirshner gets his first couple of hits in, uh, which is great. You know. Uh, I will say this match is short, but it had really good energy. And, uh, I think the flag match in general should come back. Uh, I think, you know, it'd be fun. It doesn't always have to be like weird American nationalism. Like I, I keep advocating. I, I want to, you know, see Jericho, you know, holding up the Canadian flag and (laughs) flag match or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. The, I think what, um, what bothers people is sometimes it gets into like um, they like write it to be weirdly political and it always has to be like American pride and stuff, which is um, which is not like which is problematic now when we're on like the verge of fascism or whatever. But I agree with you that like if it was just, you know, some like very nice like Canadian versus like a Canadian wrestler versus Brazilian wrestler, like Canadian wrestler versus French French wrestler or something. um or any country. It could just be give, like someone representing their country versus someone else representing their country. Give me a Texas it, versus Oklahoma like flag match. <laughs> the Lone Star State versus the soon the uh Sooner State. Yeah, give me I don't like I mean, literally AEW has uh you know, proud Canadian Chris Jericho and proud Bulgarian uh Miro who used to be Rusev in WWE. Let them have a flag match. I know Rusev yeah. has, has done the flag match before, but like, are there any wrestlers that are Clipper fans? Maybe we can get like a Lakers wrestler and a Clippers wrestler. <laughs> Go at it. Get Winner has Lakers. to wear the other jersey. Lakers versus uh, Celtics. <laughs> get it? Yeah, actually, yeah, that'd be that would be the the move. Uh, there's so many things you could do, but yeah, I gave it a three because the energy was really good, and. Uh, yeah, this match was okay. I agree with you that it was super short, just like all these fucking matches on this card until like the like the last half. Um, so it was really short, which bummed me out. But it was fun. Um, I was kind of shocked that like 
the corporal had like a dirty win, you I would think that they would want to give like the American wrestler like a, a clean win and like kind of raise the flag up for that reason. Like, oh, the America is like so much better. But like, it was but it was strange. It was, strange get... it was like a dirty finish. Um, and then everyone popped anyways because it was like yeah. you know America, go America. But... Well, I guess at least like the difference is like he outsmarted uh, Volkov by catching Volkov's manager's cane and using you know. So maybe that's it. Yeah. Like he was one step ahead of the, the dirty Soviet. Yeah, know? like stopping the cheat to like cheat, like to reverse cheat or whatever. I mean, that's what mutually assured destruction is, isn't it? <laughs> oh, wow. That's really, that was the metaphor that World Wrestling Federation was trying to get at us. Um, I'm, get, I'm just saying. You know, I mean, I, when you put it in that perspective, maybe it's just like, maybe it's a genius match. Yeah, maybe maybe it should be the smiley face of the night. I know. I might have to redo some things. Uh, next, we get into our uh, the the NFL versus WWF battle royale, which is <laughs> it is treated like the main event, but there is a match after it. Which yeah, is yeah, which is weird. Uh, the officials for the match: you've got Clara Peller. Where's the beef? Uh, I think she's working timekeeper. Then you got special <laughs> referees Dick Buttkiss uh, and Two Tall Jones, uh, NFL legends, right there. Yeah, and Two Tall Jones. Yeah. Uh, then you have your twenty. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to say all the twenty men? I wrote them all down, so I'm gonna say them. Go for it. Uh, you got Jimbo Covert, Pedro Morales, Tony Atlas, Ted Arcidi, Harvey Martin, Dan Spivey, Hillbilly Jim, King Tonga, The Iron Sheik. Ernie Holmes, B. Brian Blair, uh, Jim Brunzel, Big John Studd, Bill Fra- uh, Freilich, Jim Neidhart, uh, Russ Francis, Bruno San Martino, William the Refrigerator Perry, Bret Hart, and Andre the Giant. Uh, so, I guess, did we explain, we, we didn't explain it last episode. This The reason we're doing WrestleMania 2 is because this is the only one Bruno San Martino, uh, only WrestleMania he ever participated in, outside of like sitting in the crowd or being in the hall of fame. And I went on a yeah. Bruno San Martino rant <laughs> last episode. So, yeah. And so we thought, you know, he got the hall of fame last time and this is the only one that he ever did. WrestleMania one, he was just like a manager, but he actually fought in this one for a little bit. Um, for a little bit. So yeah, that's why we're doing WrestleMania two for a very, a very little bit. This was at the very end of his career. Yeah, but he gets uh, kind of like a a big standing ovation kind of thing, or like they make a, good, like a big deal about it. There's a good pop his... for him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, Mean Gene does a good job of uh, announcing him. You know, Mean yeah, Gene clearly gives understood. him the living legend title. Yeah. Or whatever. Mean Gene clearly understood the importance of Bruno San Martino. Uh, yeah. So battle royals are hard to do uh, coverage on, but I'll just. Uh, Go ahead and say some of my favorite things. Uh, Yellow Trunks Andre the Giant is a good Andre the Giant, uh, first of all. Um, just tr- yes. just a fact. Uh, yeah. I think it was pretty cool to see Jimbo Covert and uh, King Tonga both go out at the same time. Uh, Frid, the William Perry, the refrigerator, did a very good job. He eliminated Tony Atlas, which is a big deal. Tony Atlas is another legend. Uh, yeah, and it was cool seeing his like his ha- fake handshake elimination. That yeah. was fun. Uh, 
The Killer Bees are the first team out. Uh, there are two teams in this, the Killer Bees and the Heart Foundation. Um, Bruno uh, takes out the Iron Sheik, which is uh, a win for us all. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Big John Stud takes out Bruno, which, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not going to have Bruno win this, but it's a, yeah. I guess, you know. I thought the spot where uh, the refrigerator hit both members of the Heart Foundation and sent them over, even though they both got back in, was pretty good. Yeah, uh, that was dope. That was a good move. And then you got Stud taking out the refrigerator, and then the refrigerator pulling Stud out. <laughs> I love commentary. Uh, was it uh, Gorilla Monsoon on commentary being like, oh, come on, Big John Stud. You knew <laughs> that's the <laughs> the oldest yeah. trick in the book. <laughs> Yeah, it was just being like, you deserve to get out of here if you thought the <laughs> yeah. handshake was. Gonna... He, he's right. He's right. <laughs> he's right. Uh, yeah. Then we get to the the last group. Uh, the last NFL player eliminated is Russ Francis, and then you've got just the Hart Foundation and Andre the Giant, which made me write the Hart Foundation versus Andre would have been a fantastic handicap match if it ever happened. Yeah. I th- I'm glad you wrote that down because I also was like, Heart Foundation versus Andre is so cool. <laughs> like that, like when it came down to those three, I was like, oh, that's great. Like what a what a cool match that is. Yeah. Uh, later, Brett talked about Brett Hart has talked about the fact that he's glad he did this, but he was pissed off that night because he originally was supposed to be fighting uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat that night in L.A. And they decide to put the Heart Foundation in the Battle Royale instead. Uh, oh, wow. So he's like, looking back that... on it, it was really cool to be in the ring with Andre and Jim at the same time. But, like, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I can understand that because, I mean. But Heart versus that Steamboat would be cool. good. Yeah, that would be a good match. Uh, at the end, Andre throws Bret Hart over the top in a full, like, press slam. Yeah. I actually gave um, this also, a four. <laughs> I really, I thought this was a lot of fun. It was uh, dumb and it was the most fun I had had up to that point. So, yeah, I, um, I liked it. I thought it was nice. Um, uh, I also want to point out that, um, the, how, how like super oversold that, uh, Jim Neenhart like hit by Andre was where he like bounced and then like bounced himself out of the, out of the ropes, like over it the ropes. It was so good. Yeah. It was, I was so like, dumb. Oh my God. Um, I was like, Oh my God, dude. Um, but yeah, I would say that, uh, I, on the, like, not that I didn't like this, but I think it benefited in the back half of the battle Royal. Yes. Which for sure. it's kind of, which is sometimes like a problem. And sometimes like, can happen with a lot of battle royals and and royal rumbles. Royal rumbles, I think, are a little bit better because it's since you send out. them one at a time, that's spaced out and like it never gets too crowded at once. Battle royals all start in the, with everyone there, so it does get pretty messy and kind of over um, over cluttered um, at times. But uh, the back half was entertaining and it was fun and it had some good like elimination moments. So uh, it was a it was a plus. It was a good it was a good battle royal. Yeah. Uh, then we cut back to New York for an interview with Roddy Piper for some reason, where, I mean, Roddy's, Roddy's a good heel. He he does a good job of, I guess, maybe throwing some closure on the feud, because clearly it's 
not really going to go anywhere after this. Yeah, I liked this cut, this promo more than the first one he cut. Yes, this one, this one was more fun and like uh, had a lot of like funny Roddy Piper stuff as opposed to just being like, "Whoa, what the hell is he talking about? Why is he? How ridiculous is he?" But like the the way he does this, like. Um, kind of fakes off the body slamming as like, oh, I was expecting like a real fight. Like that was fun. Yeah. Uh, then we get a replay of the end of the boxing match for some reason. Uh, we get an interview with Jimbo Covert, interview with the Iron Sheik. Both of those are pretty standard promos. And then we replay the final elimination from the Battle Royal. And then we get to the last match in the Chicago portion. The British the, Bulldogs versus the Dream Team for the WWF Tag Team Championships. Yeah, the main event of Chicago, even though it's not billed as the main event for the Chicago match. It is the, Chicago the show. best match in Chicago, if not the whole card, though. Yeah, it, I'm glad you said it. It was my smiley face of the night. This is or actually a pretty, show. This is a pretty good match. Uh, you got Greg Valentine and Brutus Beefcake on one side. Then you got Dynamite Kid and the British Bulldog on the other. Also, Ozzy yeah. Osbourne's here and Captain yeah, Lou Albano. He's with, he's with the British Bulldogs, which rocks. That's cool. Uh, also, uh, Davy Boy Smith and uh, and uh, the Dynamite Kid are both roided out so much and look massive. <laughs> like, yeah, um, they do. However, they they do screw up by announcing the champions first. Which you know, come on. Champions, it's challenger champions. We've established this on this podcast. Yeah, I um, I wasn't even giving them that because they're not even giving everybody entrances in this mania. It yeah, was a that's whole fair. mess. But they they gave uh didn't they give the bulldogs an entrance? Like bulldogs they, get they an entrance. In. Yeah, yeah. So I still was like, a, that's a no no. That's a demerit. But yeah. um, but it seemed like for the most part, only the baby faces got entrances, or the yeah. or the big names in the case of. Savage is really it. Yeah. Even though and this Sa- was Savage like, was heel, but this was for like the first legitimately good match. Yes. I, I feel like this was very solid. The, um, the British Bulldogs are just, they were just so clean and like perfect in all their moves that they did. I, I was kind of thrown away or blown away by like how, like well executed all of their moves were. It made it look like so fresh, um, which I was impressed by. Yeah. Dynamite kid, kind of a scumbag, uh, in his real life. Uh, but yeah, good wrestler. Yeah. I always have to, what is it? Re remind myself that I'm a fan of these people's like in work ability because a lot of, a lot of wrestlers and a lot of like the wrestling business in general, like outside of this can be, can be shaky but yeah i mean we're eventually yeah we're eventually gonna have to talk about benoit which is like you know yeah the ultimate example of that i know i just want like the listeners to know that when i'm like praising a wrestler and i don't i and i don't fully know or address their past like i'm only talking about the, the the show because yeah it's there's a lot of there's a lot of bad stuff as you know the show the dark side of the ring uh always continues to show yeah and I'm I'm only saying it because I felt bad saying it about Moolah and not like acknowledging it here with Dynamite Kid, right? Yeah, uh, but no, there's some really great. The pace in this match is a lot of fun. There's a beautiful vertical suplex towards the beginning that Davy Boy Smith hits on Valentine. Some press slams that are great. 
uh, I did say Greg Valentine wrestles like if Hulk Hogan was good at wrestling. <laughs> that's that's an excellent. It's take. true. I love that. It is yeah, true. It really, it really is true. Uh, I will say Dynamite Kid has got some great speed and athleticism. I'm not the first person to say that. Hits some stuff. He hits a gorgeous sunset flip that like make you know people are still doing yeah. sunset flips to this day, but like he he hits it great. Like yeah, it's like, literally like, <laughs> literally. I don't know what I don't think they did a move that I wasn't like that was clean. Like that worked. Like that completely worked. I love a good uh, suplex pin. Yeah, you like suplex and then keep the leg up and go in for a pin off yeah. the. Uh, like in the continued motion, yeah. they hit one of those and it was and it worked properly. Like, very good, very yeah. good stuff. Uh, at one point, Gorilla Monsoon said, "Ozzy Osbourne is shaking at ringside," and I said, "Well, yeah, <laughs> like that's just yeah. Ozzy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the he man is on does that so many drugs <laughs> that he just he just kind of vibrates, dude. <laughs> Yeah, even his interview after the match, you're like, oh, he's clearly on drugs. <laughs> yes. Oh, um, I, I will say I will give some credit to Valentine. He hit a really good pile driver. And I will say uh, Valentine and Beefcake both hit some really pretty moves. They just aren't as pretty as the British Bulldogs are. Yeah, yeah. No, and, like, I think the the dream team um also did a lot of good a lot of, a lot of good selling on their on their yes. moves too like they that's bu- one they thing bump that, really well they sell really well yeah that's one thing that i um uh also wanted to mention was that i while i felt like the bulldogs did a lot of clean stuff like also got to give credit to dream team for like selling those moves as well, as yeah. properly as they did it made them it made all the all the wrestling look really solid and really cool uh I will say my only disappointment in this match was I wanted to see Dynamite Kid get press slammed into Valentine for the cover, which is what I thought oh. they were about to do. Yes, yeah, that was I was excited for that moment, and, and then, then they, it didn't happen. Know, yeah, and then I also said uh, Valentine he keeps getting into the cover and then you know pulls the guy's arm up like he wants to inflict more damage, which is a good heel move. But he's also, like, not in the shape to do it in the match. Like, it doesn't make sense at that point in the match because he is, like, coming out from behind there. Like, it's not. Yeah, like, he's getting beat up the most. Yeah. Um, uh, which I I agree with. Um, I, it was, like, it didn't totally make sense except that he is a heel and that's a heel thing to do. But you're right. In the terms of, like, the momentum and uh, of the way the match was going, it's, like, you were... <laughs> Yeah, we were decently losing there for a bit, so I don't know if you can kind of pull this, like, I'm cocky, I can totally win this, like, move like that. Um, but I did like the, the finish when the finish he does good. that, and then he throws, he gets thrown into the turnbuckle and runs into, um, was it Dynamite Kid on the on the, the turnbuckle? No, or? he gets thrown, in, yeah, he gets thrown in the Dynamite Kid, but Davey Boy Smith gets the cover. Yeah, and David Boy Smith gets the cover because he runs into him, hits his foot, um, and then like walks back stunned, and then he gets Davy Boy like pins him. Yep, uh, I thought it was cool. It was a solid finish. And, and then uh, the British Bulldog and Dynamite Kid <laughs> seem legit hurt out on the side while, uh, well, I guess yeah. Mean Gene interviews 
Lou Albano, Ozzy Osbourne, and Kathy Lee before interviewing the new champs, and it seems like Dynamite Kid can't even speak, which made me very worried for him. Yeah. He seemed maybe legit hurt. Yeah, I was... I also was kind of nervous, um... Uh, because they definitely did seem like real life, like her, which may be from the falling off the turnbuckle. You think maybe, or do you think it happened like in the match and they were just like professionals and powered through it? I don't know. I can't be sure, but lots of possibilities there. Uh, yeah. But then go, they interview Ozzy and he's like, British Bulldogs forever. I'll be back with the British Bulldogs. He was never back with the British Bulldogs. Nope. <laughs> Uh, and then Davy Boy Smith's like, "We're staying in America," <laughs> which was <laughs> weird. I yeah. guess. I mean, sure. I'm sure. Uh, then we cut back to Vince and Susan in New York, and uh, it seems like Susan St. James did a huge line of coke before this segment and has no idea where she is because <laughs> she's just delirious and just agreeing with Vince on everything. You're like. So must maybe yeah. it was just a long day. I don't want to accuse her of doing cocaine, yeah. also but also it's the no, 80s. Yeah, there's also no le- like legitimate reason to go back to them except for the fact that it's Vince McMahon, and because at this point we just go into L.A. and it's like there well, is I guess a, they have to turn to Vince to then have Vince turn to L.A. There's a hard cut to L.A. Which when I looked it up, there was some technical difficulties. So that's why it's such a hard cut to L.A. That makes a lot of sense because it looked bad. (laughs) Uh, We get the uh, L.A. commentary team, Jesse the Body Ventura, Lord Alfred Hayes, and Elvira, of course. Who else would you expect? (laughs) It was was like comedic at that point of like, oh my god, why are all these weird celebrities uh, that just seem super, super 80s? Like showing up, and then Elvira showed up, and I was like, "Of course." There was like it was like a BBC special or something that was just called "The Night of Too Many Stars," and that's that's what this is. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're like and it, Elvira. It oh, yeah. What night has Elvira and the Where's the Beef Lady? At? Guess not at the same <laughs> place, but on the same show. Yeah, WrestleMania two, for that matter. Uh, we get a our first match from L.A., which is Hercules Hernandez versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, I, I liked this match. The mic was having issues at the beginning on commentary. Yes. Uh, but it gets yes. off to a real fast start, and Ricky Steamboat's a lot of fun to watch. There's no denying that. But the sound, both the, like, in, like, the in-ring sound and the commentary sound is atrocious during this match which yeah it really was yeah it was really bizarre um to hear everything i also liked this match um hearing the news about that it could have been ricky and bret hart makes me sad though because i think their styles are a lot similar whereas this one definitely had a kind of like differing of styles that kind of but that's maybe the charm of this match where mm-hmm. like, I thought Hercules a little bit was more brawling yeah. and a lot more like physical. And Ricky was, was the more agile, like technical, um, high flying wrestler for sure. Um, but that still made it fun. It was, it was again a little bit short, but, um, 
it was definitely a better starting match than the other starting matches. Like, uh, yeah. By a mile. Yes. I have here Hercules Hernandez looks like TJ Miller on a ton of steroids. <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, there's some questionable camera choices in this match, which is just that like we miss some like slams and big spots because the ref is just standing directly in front of the camera. Yeah. Uh, Steamboat hits some beautiful chops. I just got you know, a chop that like actually like thunders like out into an arena is a hard thing to actually do. So good on him. Uh, mm-hmm. I also one... enjoyed his splash finish. His splash finish was great. Yeah. Uh, the splash finish. Yeah. Really good. Uh, and then, yeah. So it's steamboat hits a cross body splash for the pin. Give us one a 3.5. The technical issues kind of took away from it. Uh, we get a quick, weird little cut to the logo and then a very clear jump in time. Uh, which, if I recall from my research, was there was a promo that they tried to cut that the mics didn't work, and so they just... I think they do it again later. I think it's the interview with Hulk Hogan and Lord Alfred Hayes. Uh, oh, with the, at the doctor? No, the one where he's before the doctor. It's the one they cut. They, they end up cutting it after the next match, but before... The Funk Brothers and Junkyard Dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's the one where he just is like, Hulkamania will live forever, brother. Yeah. Brother. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, then we get... Hulk, is that you? Brother. Yes. <laughs> uh, then we get, for some reason, adorable Adrian Adonis versus Uncle Elmer this late into the card. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this match happening here? I don't know. The fact that this came after Ricky Steamboat versus Hercules and the if you want to count the tw- the 20 man battle royal and the British Bulldog match like this is such a throwaway match. Uh so this match happens. It's a thing. Uh did the bell ever ring to start the match? <laughs> I didn't hear it. <laughs> I I didn't hear it either. Uh, there's like some. I don't know if this ca- if it counts as like transphobia or if it's just like hillbilly humor. You know, it's like oh that man's yeah. in a dress. I, I didn't help. Yeah, no, it did not. I don't want to call it out, it's... but it didn't help. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I think it's definitely problematic because a lot of it is like. Oh my god, he's totally weird. He's got a dress on, but yeah. he's a guy, and it's like, come on. Also, um, knowing the Elvira we know today, I don't think she'd agree with their commentary again. No, yeah, of course not. Um, yeah, because it's totally fine. What do you, like to for that to be happening? My yeah. only thing was I, I have written down. Uh, what the fuck is Adonis doing? Adonis is giving HBK and Ziggler a run for their money and overselling. Uh, Adrian Adonis, <laughs> I think, was like literally bouncing around like if the ring was made of like rubber. It was like every it's, single it's, yeah, it's like trampoline wrestling. Like, yeah, every single like every single bump and hit was just like uh, f- like flopping like a fish everywhere. It was ridiculous. 
Yeah. Uh, I wrote, it, what like, a weird match. so much seeing how much Adonis was just like, oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> like, I'm on one side of the ring and I'm just going to bounce my way across the other side of the ring and over the ropes. I wrote, what a weird little match. It went on way too long, but it was also very short. One. Yeah, yeah it should not have been here. Um, I will say, uh, one thing to also point out is uh, it's a headbutt finish, which is uh, interesting, in the only for the sense that, like, uh, headbutts are not really popular anymore and kind of are a little bit phased out, I think. Um, yeah, that was kind of weird. Dudleys. And also... Yes, except the Dudleys and uh, Chris Benoit. Um, but uh, and Dynamite Kid. Also, Kid used to do it too. That's where Chris Benoit got it. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other thing I was going to bring up was Jimmy Hart. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Hart was the manager for Adonis and gets his his first win of the night. Surprisingly. Yeah. He pulled pulling a Heyman right now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, then we get an interview with Hulk Hogan that I feel like it probably just didn't have any energy because they were doing it again because they were just told, oh, the mic didn't get you. You got to do it again. <laughs> so it had a weird energy to it. But yeah. Uh, then we get, get on to Haas and Haas Funk and Terry Funk versus the Junkyard Dog and Tito Santana. Um, this is actually an okay match. Uh, Except for the fact yeah. that Elvira sounds bored on commentary. Yeah, yeah, very. Gee, I noticed like the whole time it felt like even in the even in the Ricky match it felt like she hardly ever talked. I don't know if she just didn't know what to say or what, but yeah, I yeah. felt like the the commentators kept always trying to like get her to like include her, like throwing questions at her and stuff, and she was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and then clearly she had been given like some note cards with like talking points during the main event. Yes, yeah. Because she perks up for, for yeah, Hogan she's, versus She's definitely more noticeable in the, in the next match. Uh, I will say, I, as a Texas like, wrestling fan, you got to respect the Funks, you know? Yes, of course. Um, uh, the Funk Brothers, very, you know, big Texan wrestling legends. Yeah, um, the Funks and the Von Eriks, you got to respect them. I, oh, I always feel bad for Haas Funk, because I feel like... Haas Funk is like the lesser known Funk brother. Yeah, but he did, um, he isn't like his brother going on like thirty retirement uh, indie runs. So <laughs> yeah, like never leaving. Yeah, I mean um, Terry Funk will is probably wrestling like for a crowd of like fifty people during the COVID era right now on a match on a card no one knows about. Like yeah, he just will not let it stop. Yeah, same um, as Sabu. I thought. <laughs> Yes, actually, 100%. Um, I thought Junkyard Dog in particular was really good in this match. Yeah, I, I really um, liked... I thought Junkyard Dog's... Uh, his t- I thought his tights said Trump for a second. They said Thump. I did, too. I also thought they said Trump, and I don't... I was nervous, and then it said Thump, and I was like, okay, never mind. We're good. Uh, I will say, Terry Funk bumps super well. We've all We've known this, but... Yes. Uh, nice. Always nice to restate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like there's one part where both funks are out on the outside and someone just yells at them to go back to the NWA, which was very yeah. funny to me. 
I found it the I forgot to bring this up, but I found it odd to do a tag match after your tag titles match. Doesn't this doesn't it make more sense to do the bulldog match here and then do this match at the end of the, the battle royal match? Or after the battle royal match? Maybe because like they're like the tag titles are like, you know, the best tag team and this is like these are I think more famous wrestlers, but they're in like overall not um, you know, fighting for like the gold. I agree, but I'm going to say I'm okay with it because, uh, you know, if this was Attitude Era events, uh, he just would have put all four of these teams in a fatal four-way so that he didn't have to have more than one tag match. So <laughs> That is true. Uh, so I'll give it that. Uh, there's some really nice suplexes that are traded. Uh, there's one point where Jesse Ventura explains wrestling logic to Elvira, and that was good. I can't remember what he yeah. was exactly like telling. She said something about, you know, uh, something about, uh, oh, it was when J- Jimmy Hart comes out and stomps on, was it uh, Tito Santana on the outside? Stomps on and she's like, yeah, and she goes, well, is, is he allowed to do that? And he's like, well, yeah, the ref didn't see it. And she's like, well, how do you guys let him stick around? And he's like, well, he helps us out on commentary sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> you're like, like, you're like, you, you, you just encapsulated all of like the. Well, we're actually all coworkers, and it's yeah. all made up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of just adds to the story of things. But there you go. <laughs> uh, Junkyard Dog uh, does like I think I counted seventeen turnbuckle hits. <laughs> Yes, 17 uh, total turnbuckle hits. Does 10 in one side and then turns around and seven, on the, seven on the other. Yeah. Uh, the Crown. ending, the finish, Terry uh, Terry Funk hits Junkyard Dog with Hart's microphone after catching it, similar to the Corporal uh, Kushner. Or, Megaphone. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, other way around. He He catches Hart's megaphone and hits Junkyard Dog with it. Yeah. So it's like how the uh it's how the Corporal Kushner Kirshner uh uh finish was supposed to go in a perfect <laughs> world, I guess. Yeah, in the flag match. <laughs> a perfect world in a Soviet era that yeah. we live in. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Robbie, uh Soviet communists. <laughs> this podcast is officially going tanky. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but, it was good. I enjoyed the match a lot. Uh, I gave it a three. Maybe should have given it higher. I was, I don't know. I watched this in like three distinct parts, so I'm not sure if my rankings all really line up with each other, but I had fun with this one. Yeah, this one was cool. Um, I didn't like it as much as the Bulldog match, but I thought it yeah. was maybe more exciting. Um, and maybe why it was higher up on the card, because um, the Bulldog match was very like, technical and probably like wrestling nerd fun. Um, this one had like some big crowd engagement, like the, the turnbuckle hitting. And, um, at one point I forgot to bring up the, when junkyard dog slams, I think it's Haas funk on the real table and it Mm -hmm. doesn't break. Um, that was pretty wild, uh, to see. Um, Oh yeah, that was fun. And then, yeah, Jimmy Hart, you know, goes two and Oh for this WrestleMania. So Jimmy, good job, Jimmy. Uh, then we get, uh, 
the gym interview with Mean Gene and Hulk Hogan, which is great. Yeah. Just wacky. Uh, I don't know if I believe that Dr. Bob is a real doctor. I would bet money that he's not. He does not seem concerned, that concerned at all when he's not, like, reading his lines. Yeah, he's very much just like, I advise him not to do this, but he's doing it. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, his uh, ribs are hurt. He's very strong. Hulk is very strong. Yeah, he's He's, uh, the Hulk Hogan. I forgot to bring it up, but... um, what was the what's the name of the woman who does the commentary with with Vince Susan Collins Susan St James Susan Susan St James yeah Suzanne Collins the writer of the Hunger yeah. Games <laughs> yes is doing the commentary yeah Susan St James um, when she uh, uh, I I did love this was earlier so I forgot to bring it up but I did love when um, Vince is talking about the the cage match coming up and then he's like well who do you think's gonna win she's like Hulk Hogan, obviously. Like, Hulk Hogan's going to win. And then Vince is like, yeah, well, King Kong Gundy is a pretty bad guy. He's like, ah, but it's Hulk Hogan. He's going to win. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, she she knows. I mean, she, gets, she, she, she peeked gets at it. Vince's notes. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what it Vince was. Like, Vince thought it would be cool to hit on her and be like, you want to see how the, all the matches end? <laughs> I know the answers. I I wrote all of them. I wrote this. Do you like it? Would you like the giants winning the battle Royal? Can you imagine it? Andre, the giant will win the battle Royal, (laughs) but don't tell anybody that's between you and me. Don't tell Andre. He thinks it's real. Um, Uh, then we get back to the, yeah, back to the, after the video package. We start our main event. Uh, the guest ring announcer is Tommy Lazardo, the uh, manager at the time of the Dodgers. Timekeeper, TV actor, Ricky Schroeder. We got Robert Conrad uh, as the guest referee. Sure. The star <laughs> power really kind of died once they paid for Elvira <laughs> in L.A. Yeah. It's also, yeah, I guess it's strange to even call this a special guest referee match because I guess it is, but is it? Yeah, they also decide that this cage match won't have a ref in the cage. <laughs> yeah, which is which is like, okay. I don't, can, with the rules, like, it, not, they... They, they said you could win by pinfall or submission, so I don't know why there wasn't a ref in there. Yeah, I mean, most cages, cage matches, it's like, the you can leave the cage or you can just win normally. But I guess they just really were like, no, only someone's just going to leave and that's it. Because, yeah, yeah, if someone even tried to pin, what would happen? Maybe it's that Robert Conrad knew the ending and just didn't get in, just walked out. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, I don't need to be there. I don't know. It was was weird. Uh, Also, we watched them build the cage or bring in the pieces of the cage, which was weird. Uh, yeah, it wasn't like raised up. They like brought out the blue bars and hooked yeah. it up. Um, Hogan comes out and he rattles also... the cage, which is like, you're like, oh, this doesn't look stable or safe. No, the blue bars like specifically look very painful. Um, or they look they, like plastic. Uh, it depends on how the light hits them. 
Well, I thought they looked very painful, and then when they threw one into the bars and it like bent a lot, I was like, "Oh wait, maybe not. Maybe I'm just maybe it's 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 not as painful as they look." Um, but we should also mention that this is the only steel cage match in WrestleMania history. Yeah. Um, which Other is than something Hell in that the Cell, is, if you count, yeah. Hell, there's variations yeah. on cage matches, but this is the only straight up steel cage match. Yeah. Um, Hell in the Cells, there's been a few, but this is the only one that's just a flat out steel cage, uh, which is kind of surprising. Um, I mean, we talked about it before that, yeah, steel cages are more of a like raw SmackDown kind of deal. So it doesn't, it makes a little bit more sense, but it's kind of, it's still interesting that this is the only one. Yeah. I will say. How popular of a, of a match gimmick it is. Yeah. I will say for, I mean, there's a good, good reason. And I think that is that a steel cage feels like a really good main event for your weekly show. But if it's on your weekly show as like your kind of like big match for there, it doesn't feel as big at WrestleMania. And this match doesn't feel like a WrestleMania main event, other than the fact that Hulk Hogan's in it. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I think they even added it, added, made it a steel gauge to kind of make it feel, make it seem more bigger than it was, but it still didn't. It still feels very, like, um, very low and very not important. Yeah. Um,. It's not a particularly tall cage, too. Both these guys are over, uh, or almost seven feet. If not, King Kong Bundy might be seven feet. But this, which both of them in there, it's a ten foot cage. You're like, this yeah, isn't very it's tall. Like tiny. Uh, yeah. So th- th- um, it's it's good, I guess. A lot of chops, Irish whips, uh, people getting old school heat. Uh, King Kong Bundy got busted open at one point. That yes, I do have a thing here. Nuts. Bobby Heenan was not very slick with hiding the blade job for Bundy. No, he not clearly at all. walks up and like blades Bundy for him, and then like, and, yeah, and then steps back. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Heenan apparently was really hurt for this. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I I didn't look up much about this show, but I read something that was like he was in the hospital the night before, but. Like he Vince told him he would be fired if he didn't show up to WrestleMania, so he like forced himself like yeah no to wonder he was moving ready, slow yeah to be ready to go to this because if he didn't he would have been out of a job um so that sucks but uh heavy quotes yeah. independent contractor yes <laughs> independent contractor uh I mean biggest thing uh. Bundy kicks out of a leg drop, uh, then Hogan, or no, he does he cover after the leg drop, or does he just go to the go to climb out? He goes to climb out. Gotcha. Because um, there's like, no referee inside. Yeah. Oh, yep. Uh, biggest spot there is Hogan kicking uh, Bundy off the cage. He climbs out. He beats him by a second feet hitting the ground. Uh, then it's over. And it just kind of, then Hogan just beats up Bobby Heenan in the cage, which now knowing that he was sick makes me feel very bad for Bobby Heenan. I know. I was like, oh man, then he just kind of like gets his ass kicked yeah. while he's already like <laughs> recovering from a hospital visit. Yeah. And Vince didn't just, like, I can get, you know, hey, pull it together, you know, come to the show. 
We're not going to make you do the big, uh, <laughs> all the bumps where you're supposed to get beat up by Hogan. You just got to show up and walk him out to the ring, you know? Yeah. It's, I don't agree with it, but it's like not the worst thing to ask someone to do, you know? But, right. But it's, so a, it's at like, least like you're, you just have to stand for a bit. Yeah. Um, but no, he gets, he gets his ass kicked, which, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I don't think is very nice at all. In fact, <laughs> and then the night ends with a mic malfunction, which perfectly sums up how this WrestleMania went. <laughs> I know it's just a mic malfunction and a hard cut to off. The kind of ending where the video stops and you're like, "Did my Wi-Fi cut out?" And you're like, "Nope, it's just over." Cool. <laughs> yeah. So overall, uh, my favorite match of the night was the British Bulldogs versus the Dream Team, and my uh, worst match of the night was Velvet McIntyre and the Fabulous Moolah. Uh, that is the same for me, except I go with the uh, Morocco versus, um, what was it? Orndorff? Uh, Orndorff, yeah. Orndorff versus Morocco match as being the worst. But um, maybe it's shared thumbs down with the Moolah match, because that one also really sucks. Um, and yeah, British Bulldog match, probably my favorite. Um, and now the cool thing about this is we don't have to watch WrestleMania 2 again. It's uh it's over. over. What did you give an overall ranking? Uh I gave it a uh 2 out of 10. I gave it a 3 out of 10. Yeah. So. I <laughs> yeah. So very close. I just I, think... I liked the Battle Royal and Ricky Steamboat yeah. and the British Bulldogs enough that I Yeah, I thought the Bulldogs match um super like brought up like really like saved it enough to be um to give it some points the battle royal had its like had a fun back half and then yeah steamboat's great um and then you know the junkyard dog and funk brothers match was fun too um yeah but none i think the only one that i like loved entirely was the bulldogs match um the others i had like fun moments in but i didn't fully like the entirety of so you know, it had to be like that. So we'll split the difference and call it a 2.5 out of 10. Yeah, we'll take that. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, hell yeah. Yeah, Phoenix, uh, why don't you uh, tell everybody where they can find you? Yes, you can find me. At Bombass Phoenix on Twitter. I hope to tweet things you like. And you can find me at BA Phoenix on TikTok uh, because I will do one in the future. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Robbie DeShazer. I'll throw my TikTok in there. Uh, I oh, write yeah. for, I write opinion pieces about NXT and AEW for WrestlingNewsWorld.com. Uh, go check those out. I tweet about those a lot too. Um, other than that, you can follow the show itself on uh, Twitter at Mania Moments Pod, and uh, yeah, make sure you follow us. We're tweeting about stuff. Uh, follow our other shows, Film Fracas and Tapheads. Uh, they're a lot of fun too. Uh, but thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys uh, next time with another WrestleMania review. Yeah, I'm climbing out of the cage now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>